Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. Use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20% off the Onyx Hunt app at onyxmaps.com. On today's episode, we have a different kind of one here. It's kind of a bonus episode um, throughout the week here. So this one is going to be short, to the point, and getting in detail with John Barklow of Sika Gear. We talk about his simple eight-layer approach to building a technical clothing layering system for all seasons. And then we finish off by talking about Sika's new Aerolite series of insulation layers and sleeping bag, which I'll be using here shortly on my Colorado mule deer hunt. And I just want to say, if you are interested in purchasing any sick of gear i have a link in the in the bio below or in the the podcast description if you use that link it'll take you to sick's website and it's just as you would normally purchase anything but if you do use that link that does help me out as i get a small commission off of that so if you would use that if you're planning on ordering online i greatly appreciate it if you have a local dealer that you use even better support them but uh, if you're gonna order online i would love it if you helped out with that so this podcast is also brought to you by tethered and you can find more about tethered and their lightweight innovative saddle hunting products at tetherednation.com and maven optics building the highest quality optics at half the price of their competitors through their direct-to-consumer business model you can find all of maven's products over at mavenbuilt.com. Use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT to get a free gift with any full price optics order. And then Spartan Forge. If you want to try out the Spartan Forge Outfitter before it becomes the full app and before the price raises, you get locked in for life and use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST to save 25% off the Spartan Forge Outfitter at spartanforge.com. AI. All right, we're going to keep this intro brief and just jump into this episode with John Barklow. All right, John Barklow, I have you back on again, and uh, we're going to do a little mini episode here and just get down and dirty with layering systems. Are you open to talking to me about it? Always, man. Always. It's what I do. It's what I think about all the time. I know. That's, I mean, that's, that's literally your job. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that sounds good or not, but yeah, <laughs> but it is literally my job. <laughs> it's it's funny because you, I've, I over, you've seen the evolution of me learning from it back to 2015 or 16 when I first met you and and I started working as you know a, a sick of, for a sick of dealer and and really just loving the the science behind layering systems and understanding it. And it literally came directly from you and being able to learn that you helped me when I was trying to build systems for people that were doing sheep hunts and all this different stuff. But it all came down to the foundations and understanding it. The specific gear is one thing, but the foundations is what I think that that you can help people out with so much. So I'm looking forward yeah. to discussing that with you. Yeah, no. So, um, 
what what I've used, what I've what I've trained guys to use, and, and kind of what it's boiled down to is, you know, there's lots of brands, and there's lots of gear within those brands, and it becomes really overwhelming. And uh, even though I represent a brand, I'm not here to step in and go, if you don't buy this, you're not doing it right. I think that's the wrong approach. I think if we look at it in these eight different layers, then there's lots of nuance and there's lots of uh, choices for that person based on what they do, uh, where they do it and how they do it. Right. Um, But I found for a a big game system, for a backcountry clothing system, uh, for the Western hunter that they need eight different pieces. So I'll, I'll go through eight. Um, and, and we can kind of talk about that as we go through it if you want. So yeah. uh, foundationally to any clothing system is the base layer. And so what the base layer is intended to do is it's supposed to be this kind of form-fitting garment that goes right on top of your skin and truly forms the base of your system. Um, so I like to say it's the foundation of the house. Um, and so it's supposed to uh, be lightweight, move moisture really good off your skin, which in cold weather, moving that moisture off your skin Uh, to the next layer of clothing keeps you warm. And the physical act of that movement of moisture uh, in hot weather cools you down, right? By pulling heat away from your body. So um, that layer doesn't change no matter the time of year. So it's a lightweight layer that maybe I'm wearing that, that shirt as my outer layer in a very hot weather hunting scenario. But in the coldest uh, scenario, that's also the, still the foundation of my system that I'm layering over top of. And so kind of the two big choices you have uh, with a base layer are wool or synthetic. And I like to say that's shooter's choice. So wool is going to manage moisture incredibly well. So that's just from the natural antimicrobial properties it has. So it's not going to stink after a day or 10 days. It's going to be pretty manageable. Um, but I don't think that um, wool necessarily manages moisture as good as synthetic. So it can stay a little damper for longer. And I feel like you kind of steam it dry as opposed to just uh, cooking it dry, like I like to say with my, with my body heat. Um, synthetic, on the other hand, I think does incredibly well with managing moisture, uh, pulls it off the skin very quickly. Um, I'll, maybe a few more options with uh, synthetic than wool as far as just, you know, hooded, non-hooded, short sleeve, long sleeve, boxers, you know, long bottoms, whatever. Um, but, uh, but it doesn't do as well managing moisture. So no matter what any brand applies to the actual, uh, textile, it's, it's going to stink over time. Uh, the question is just how much and, and how badly, right? Yeah. Um, so that's layers one and two. Well, I want to I want to say one thing about that. Yeah. And the important thing that I've learned from listening to you with base layer is that that layer typically doesn't change as far as like Correct. the lightweight side of it. It's not change. And and you know I I was always under the impression that you know it got colder you wanted a heavier base layer and as you'll talk about that you know going forward why that's you know not necessary but the purpose of moving moisture keeping it simple like that and being able to manage that is huge and and for me I've really liked I've real I started out with wool and I like wool and I I tend to prefer it a lightweight wool for whitetail hunting where I'm not mm-hmm. where I'm not moving as much I if it's colder out you know it's not getting as damp because I'm not exerting as much you know essentially right. but 
for I've you know for my mule deer hunt that I'm doing this year, I like the synthetic, even though that there's the you know the the stink factor there. Um, but it's it's been kind of my preference. So just wanted to yep. add and, that point. And in. there's the, the the only so there's no wrong answers here. The, yep. the only thing I would say is don't wear cotton. That that's the only thing I, I'm going to tell you. You you'd be anybody would be making a mistake if they wore cotton because it's not going to dry. It it's going to chill you out. It it's like in a bad way. Yep. And uh it, and it's going to just it's going to ruin the rest of the system that you put on top of it. Yep. Um. So then, uh, the third piece is soft shell pants. So soft shell pants are what I call your armor, right? So there's lots and lots of options here. There's nylon and polyester. There's a few wool options, but you know, this is going to have all your bells and whistles. If you want them, knee pads, cargo pockets, suspenders, um, there's different weights of, of fabric, right? But that soft shell pan is something that I put on and I never take off when I'm in the field. So I sleep in it. Uh, if they get wet, I keep them on. I, I use my body heat to dry them out. Um, it's going to protect me from abrasion from rocks and sticks and vegetation, um, all those kind of things, right? It's going to have a camouflage pattern on if I want it. Um, but, you know, everybody should have a soft shell pair of pants. They should not be wearing blue jeans. Again, that's cotton, right? So that's not something um, that they should be wearing. Yeah. Just throw and cotton out of any layer, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> out of any tech, out of any technical clothing system. Yeah. Uh, and then to your point about, um, you know, kind of heavier or yeah, heavier weight garments for cold weather. So now I'll, I'll, I'll go to, to layer four, which is called an active insulation. And so let me define what active insulation means. Active insulation at its, at its simplest form could be a mid or heavyweight fleece. So like a mid or heavyweight grid fleece, uh, again, hoodie, half zip, full zip, etc. But the reason it's an active insulation is because it is intended to be worn in cold weather to uh, to keep you warm, but also manage moisture. So it's gonna it's gonna breathe. It's gonna allow moisture to move through. If it does get damp, it's gonna dry relatively quick. Um, and there's something you know new on on the market, relatively new that I like to call a hybrid active insulation. Uh, so the Sika Kelvin Active Jacket would be an example of that, which is this kind of uh, fleece material, thicker fleece material. But uh, the hybrids have, uh, you know, generally a nylon uh, layer on the outside. So that nylon does a couple things. It adds more abrasion resistance to, say, just your heavier weight piece of fleece. It gives it more versatility in the sense that uh, it's going to shed some light rain and snow. So it's not just going to suck into the material and wick right through. Um, so, you know, durability, uh, uh, versatility with the, the ability to move moisture. And then I think it also uh, layers well, because if you start putting fleece on top of fleece, it really starts to bind you up and kind of uh, uh, cut down on your range of motion. So especially if you're like a whitetail hunter where, you're, you know, you're layering layers, you want to be able to draw your bow, especially when you've been sitting there 12 hours in the cold and not moving and you're kind of stiff. So I tend to default, well, I always default now to a hybrid insulation, but it, they're active insulations. It's not the puffy jacket. The intent is to be worn during active environments. Doesn't matter if you're setting deeks in the field, if I'm hiking and, and hunting elk, uh, or if I'm hiking into a tree stand and, and climbing up, 
uh, right? Or set my decoy, whatever the case may be, I'm active. So that's layer four. So layer five is one that I'm a huge proponent of, and that is a wind stopper layer, uh, generally a wind stopper top. Um, so there's lots and lots of different kinds of wind stopper. Um, it can be a simple wind shirt. It can be a full on, you know, gore wind stopper jacket and a lot of stuff in between. But the reason I like a wind stopper layer is because it blocks wind, i.e. the name, uh, and just the ability to block wind, especially if you're cool, say, you know, you got to the top of a ridge, uh, and you're going to set up in glass, right? Or you climb, you walked in, you climbed up in your tree stand and you're going to sit there now. Yes. Puffy insulation, which you absolutely should have. I'll talk about in a minute is going to trap that body heat. Um, that wind is still going to get through those layers. And so by having a simple wind shirt or a wind stopper jacket, uh, it's going to cut down on convective cooling. And that is going to do an amazing amount uh, to keep you warm when you're out there. Um, that you may think you need a bunch of other layers where all you really need to do is just block the wind. So I like to say that um, the wind stopper jacket uh, is critical. Um, so that's layer five. Layer six is now the puffy jacket. So the puffy jacket, the lofted jacket is a static insulation. And the reason it's puffy is because it's supposed to trap the body heat radiating away from our body when we're not moving. So uh, there's different types of puffy jackets for a whitetail hunter that are a little bit different and a little quieter than say the puffy jacket for a waterfowl or big game hunter, but the puffy jacket is still the same. And the intent is my body heat radiates away. I want something that's going to trap that dead air and all that loft and keep me warm and kind of almost act as a governor uh, as how quickly or slowly that heat radiates away. And, and especially in a whitetail snare, when I'm, I'm not able to walk and generate heat, um, this is critically important. So uh, the weight of the puffy jacket uh, varies depending on, uh, you know, an early season hunt or a late season hunt, right? So I may have a thin puffy jacket or a thicker puffy jacket. And the other options you have are synthetic or down. So synthetic is going to manage moisture a lot better on average. So if you're going into a wet climate like Alaska, you're going on a float hunt, or you're going to sit in a tree stand in the PNW and hunt rosies or blacktails, as opposed to being in a, a drier environment, say like down in the desert Southwest, uh, you know, a Utah, you know, maybe even Kansas, uh, you know, those, those treated down insulations, they're not going to manage moisture as well, but if it's colder and drier, then you're not going to have to manage and worry about that as much. Um, and then layer seven and eight are rain jacket top and bottom. And, uh, you know, I, I like to say a lot that rain gear is like car insurance. Uh, nobody wants to buy it and nobody wants to use it. But when you need it, there is nothing that's going to work and keep you dry in persistent precipitation than rain gear. And so I want something lightweight. I want something that's packable. And I want to put it in my pack and I hope to never use it, but I want it there as my insurance. Um, there's tons and tons of different kinds of rain gear, two layer rain gear, three layer rain gear, breathable, non-breathable. But for the most part, we're looking at breathable rain gear, two or three layer. Um, 
uh, it's not going to be as durable as a windstopper. It's going to be more expensive than a windstopper, and it's not going to breathe as well as a windstopper. So the question I often get is, can I just use my rain jacket in place of a windstopper jacket? And you certainly can. Technically, they're going to function relatively the same, but I think you give up a lot of versatility and functionality by doing that. So I tend to use, I tend to carry both. Now, there's always exceptions. And I would say in the very hottest part of the year, I may leave one layer behind. Uh, and that layer may be, say, the active insulation layer. If it's incredibly hot, uh, I may not need that active insulation layer. And I can go right to the puffy jacket or the windstopper layer. And then in the most extreme cold weather scenarios, and depending on how you're hunting, where you're hunting, uh, if I'm big game hunting, I'm late season, riding a horse, sitting behind glass, I may choose to bring a pair of puffy pants. Or if I'm whitetail hunting, I may choose to layer over top of my base layer, a pair of heavier weight, uh, active fleece bottoms or, you know, long johns, something like that. So there's always, there's always scenarios, but generally speaking, uh, eight layers is going to take care of the vast majority of our needs in North America for, uh, almost any hunting pursuit. And like I said, there's lots of options within that. But when you think about it, you only need eight. And if we're going backpack hunting, I'm probably wearing uh, four, maybe five at any given time. And so you actually don't have that much in your pack. Um, so when you think about it, although it's a little overwhelming when you look at the market and try to select and look through catalogs and websites and try to figure out what you need, if you just think about those five general layers uh, and those eight pieces, that eight piece system, that's really all you need to to figure out to build a, a great technical clothing system. Yeah, no, I th I think uh, I think you explained that really well to the point and being able to understand that. The one thing I, I was going to to ask you is, do you always carry a base layer bottom? Um, I mean, I know that. Okay, so or would you consider like say your underwear just being you know that base layer bottom, or do you carry something that's like a long john? Um, you know, depending on whatever time of year or at all times of the year. So if if I'm going into the backcountry for more than an overnight, yep, then I'm going to carry a base layer bottom, and I'll okay. tell you why because you can't predict the weather out there; it's very dynamic. And I may walk in when it's a hundred and I may come out in a snowstorm and you've experienced that out West. We were talking about that yep. uh, earlier today. Um, so just to be prepared. So yeah, I might be wearing a pair of boxers or briefs, but I'm going to carry that, that base layer bottom, that long bottom. Uh, if I'm going, you know, uh, several nights to, to more than several nights into the backcountry, just because weather has a way of changing so quickly. Gotcha. That makes sense. And the last thing that I think this all ties into it is, um, you know, using this clothing system into your, your sleeping system and being able to integrate all that together. And if you'd briefly kind of touch on, on what, th what that means as far as that goes. Yeah. So people often don't think of their clothing system and their sleeping bag or what I call the sleeping system is kind of, uh, integrating and working together. Um, I personally, listen, I invest a lot of time and money into a technical clothing system. I want to leverage it as much as I can when I'm in the backcountry. So I'm a proponent of wearing my clothes to bed. 
Now, I'm not going to wear them all to bed and sit there and sweat, but I'm going to try to pair my clothing system with my sleeping bag and say, okay, with this clothing system and the integration of that sleeping bag, along with obviously ground pad, tent, et cetera, that I can stay warm at night. Um, so if it's going to be 20 degrees out and I'm going to be wearing my puffy jacket and I'm going to be wearing my, my clothing system, I don't have to all of a sudden now carry a 20 degree sleeping bag because I've got those clothes to supplement. And now I can, you know, go a lot colder than that. Um, the other thing I would say is people tend to say, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to bring a down, a light down jacket. And I'm going to bring a synthetic sleeping bag, or I'm going to bring a light synthetic jacket and a down sleeping bag. And I would just say question. And I like to say train to see would those two integrate in a worst case scenario. Cause I like to say your sleeping bag is your last line of defense from the cold. Like we all climb in it as our sanctuary. It's like, man, no matter how shitty the day, how cold I've been, I know that I can slide in there. It's going to add that warmth. Hopefully it has that comfort and I can go to sleep and get some rest because that's why you're climbing in it to get some rest. Um, so I want to make sure that those two things, I want to build my sleeping bag with the same performance as my clothing. And I want to make sure those two integrate. So if I have to get in there in a worst case scenario and dry everything out, or if you go to Alaska often enough, um, you're going to go there and you're going to be wet and all your shit's going to be wet for a week because of the humidity and the rain and everything else. And even though you're dry on your skin level and you're able to function and have a great time, the moisture is going to conspire against that gear to always make it damp. Right. And so you, I want to make sure that everything I bring integrates together um, to, to, to kind of build one cohesive system. So yeah, I build my sleeping system after I built my clothing system and I make sure the two integrate. That, that totally makes sense. And just the last thing I wanted to, to talk to you about here is uh, up to this point, you know, we just gave the foundations, but I want to talk about the specific sleeping bag that you were a, a big part of designing for Sika gear and the, the new Aerolite. Just give me the, the, the brief, you know, breakdown on what that's all about. So it's, it's a functional sleeping bag that you can uh, work and live in and not just sleep in. So I'm going to carry this bag out there. We've already talked about the integration with the clothing. Um, I, wa I want to use this, this lump I carry in my pack for more than just sleeping in a couple hours a night. So, um, you know, when I was climbing a lot, alpine climbing, I kind of had seen these types of bags in the past for, you know, guys that are just up on the side of a mountain, have no place to go, a little edge, and they can slide into a bag and still have access to do some things like run a stove or clipping it out of a rope or whatever it is. Um, and then I, in the military, you know, speak, teaching for special operations, uh, cold weather reconnaissance where guys get in these little hidey holes under a bush and they can't move around for a week. And that integration of clothing and, and sleeping system, you know, really became uh, it, it, whatever, whatever thought I had, whatever theory I hadn't vetted out, I did there. And so when I got to Sitka, I realized that the hunting world, the backcountry hunting world specifically had no idea about these concepts. Um, they hadn't seen it. Nobody had brought it over to hunting. Um, everybody had just built a sleeping bag based on the standard model. And so what, 
what I was able to do with the team is build a sleeping bag that has kind of the top half that looks more like a puffy jacket, more like a puffy jacket hood. It's got draw cords. It's got an inside zipper pocket for a candy bar, or my, my watch or my phone. So I don't lose it in the middle of the night. Uh, but it's got zippered armholes so that I can pop my arms out in the middle of the night and, uh, or in the morning and, and run a stove or, you know, work my headlamp in the middle of the night, or if we're stuck in a tent for three days in Alaska, we can play cards and still keep the warmth properties of that bag. Uh, but I can also unzip the center zipper from the bottom and pop my feet out and get around and move around camp, uh, run a bear out of camp, work on the anchors, uh, go collect water, uh, go sit behind the glass and, and glass from a glassy knob in camp and still have some of that warmth from the bag and not just leave it behind and, and not be able to integrate that layer. And so that integration of clothing uh, with gear, so to speak, like the tagline of Sitka, like I think we were able to bring that uh, to fruition with the Kelvin Arrow light bag. Yeah. I, I, I love when I saw that. It's, it's funny when you first see it because it, it just looks so it's, different. It's, it's goofy looking. It's goofy looking, but it's so functional. <laughs> I'm like, how many times that I have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but I don't want to get out of my sleeping bag? Or you like, never have to get out of your bag again. No, go take a leak. I know yeah. that's a. Uh, it's. I, I thought that was that was an awesome uh, point to it, and and it almost helps you for like, especially when it's cold and wet and all that type of stuff. It, it's really tough to make yourself get out of your sleeping bag. And now you get a little bit of a like transition before you have to fully get out of it. You know? Yep. 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 Waking <laughs> up in the morning is not my favorite thing. So <laughs> I like it. I had, to, I had to figure out something. And then that, that Aerolite insulation is also in a jacket that I had just saw that had launched as well. Yeah. So the Kelvin Aerolite jacket and vest just came out uh, yesterday, I believe. So yeah. uh, different weight of insulation than the sleeping bag, but uh, but the same type of insulation. So this uh, Primaloft Gold with cross-core technology, uh, it's got aerogel. So if you could imagine, we use Primaloft a lot, but if you could imagine, uh, say the hair on your head is an example, is, is this insulation. And every one of those strands of hair is solid, which I believe it is. Um, and in a lofted jacket where you get warmth is all those hairs woven together creates a bunch of dead air space that your that your body heat is now trapped in. It kind of keeps you warm. Um, but what this cross core technology has been able to do is now all those little hairs are not hollow or uh, solid. They're they're not hollow, but they're filled with little balls of aerogel. So air is the greatest, uh, the best insulator that we know of which is why an inflatable ground pad is warmer than a foam ground pad. And the more air you put in the ground pad, the thicker it is, the warmer it is. So what they're able to do is infuse these little balls of aerogel inside every one of those strands and then weave it together. And then not only does it trap your, your, your air, your, your heat in that dead air, um, but now if it's compressed with you laying against it or leaning against a tree or you know if the whole thing gets wet, um, those little balls of aerogel are not compromised. And so that's why it's, it's much warmer than even a traditional synthetic, uh, insulation is. And, uh, you know, in our testing, independent testing, uh, depending on the weight, of course, that you use, there's a lot of variables. Um, but it, it absolutely is on par with down. Yeah, that's, I, I had, I got to see the actual aerogel when I was 
when I was out at uh, the Sika Depot there, Eric Gilmore came out and he had it in a little bottle oh, yeah. there. So I got to see it's such an interesting, interesting yeah. uh, concept there. So that's, that's yeah. really cool. I'm not smart enough to invent it. I was just smart enough to go. That's what we need next. Utilize it. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, yeah. find, find the, find the right people to help make it happen. Yep. So. Yep. Exactly. Well, cool. Thanks, John, for uh, breaking that down for us. And for anything else and want to learn from John's stuff, knowledgefromstorms.com. I did, just did another episode with him earlier tonight that you can listen to as well. And he's putting out, going to be putting out a lot more great content there, as well as his Instagram page, at Jay Barklow. So thank you. Thanks, Bo. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.